No, nothing. Okay, so it's recording now. Um, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, welcome to this episode from Future Smart Parents. Uh, today we are chatting with the co-founder of Future Smart Parent, Graham Codrington, global futurist and expert in the future of work. Um, and recently, Graham put a video or two videos together for our club members where we spoke about prompt engineering as a future career. Obviously, with um, the explosion of AI um, recently, prompt engineers uh, is a skill and a career. Um, so welcome, Graham. <laughs> Thanks, Jude. Nice, nice to be with you. Nice to be chatting about this topic. This is one of those things we've been anticipating for many years. Now it's actually here. It's quite exciting. Exactly. It is very exciting. I, um, I was actually visiting my 80-year-old dad yesterday and was talking about some of the work that we've been doing. Um, and he looked at me with big eyes Um I will say that he was the first person to get a fax machine in the small little village where he worked probably about, I don't know, 40 years ago. So he is quite tech savvy, but he did look at me with big eyes. Um, and so when I got home last night, I asked ChatGPT to explain uh, to an 80-year-old what a prompt engineer is. Um, and I loved the response that it gave me. It basically explained it as... Um, a prompt engineer being the director of a play and you want the actors to perform exactly as you envision. Um, you, the prompt engineer, uh, are the director and you provide the script of the play, basically. The script being the instructions and the guidelines for the actors um, and the actor being the AI model that you're using. So the script being the prompts that you give um, which tells, yeah, which tells AI what kind of output it should generate. So basically the play. Um, and then, yeah, so once you've given it the script, the script uh, or the prompts, then AI can start acting out the instructions. So I really liked that, um, that, that explanation. Um, and then it also went on to say that you require both, it requires both art and science. Uh, so I guess creativity and technical knowledge as skills to be a good um, director or prompt engineer. Does that make sense to you? I love that analogy, uh, actually. And if anybody's been involved in in plays or in dramas, you'll know that you can't just, it's not just about giving a script to the actors. You then also need to tell the actors, what type of tone you want them to take? Is this a sad scene or a happy scene? You, you, you have to tell them whether they should take it slowly or speed it up. You need to give them stage directions. So, what a lovely analogy! That uh, that's exactly what a prompt engineering uh, engineer is doing. There's a there's this database, which and, and we'll talk about this in a moment. It's more of an engine than a database. And uh, the better the instructions you give it, and it, we need to think of these as instructions rather than questions, the better the instructions you give it, the better the results you'll get from it. And uh, that's where a lot of people are going wrong with ChatGPT. It looks impressive the first time you use it. Then you try and dig a little bit deeper and do something a little bit technical, and then suddenly it feels like it's not working at all. 
And the distance between those two things is, is what this prompt engineering is. It's knowing how to ask a good question in the right way to get the answer that you're looking for. And as you say, it, it is a skill. It's a skill that we can all learn. But I also think it has the potential to be a, a job and a career as well. So, so that's what I'm interested in because this is now for parents of, of children. I mean, you know, our kids are 11 and 13, but I know that a lot of our audience have got older kids who are closer to going to university or doing subject choices. So for me, you know, looking at future jobs is, is fascinating and also a really important thing for, for us parents to be able to have the conversation so that we don't fall back on just a oh, lawyer accounting, blah, blah, blah. So first of all, can you help me understand how prompt engineering can actually be a career rather? So at the moment, I see it more of a skill set that I'm developing, but um, how would it become a career? Like, and can you give some examples of, say, how big corporates would use, you know, when they're putting out job specs, we need a, a, a prompt engineer. Where would that fit in an organization? Well, at the moment, that's not happening. So I, I don't think companies have yet caught up. This is only a few months old. And except so, you, you know. Except if you go on to Upwork, you can hire a prompt engineer. Yes. So let's get to that. Um, okay. Because I, I think that is almost like an importing of skills. So that's somebody who they would just use for a few hours. They, they, they know they need the skill. They just import it uh, a little bit. But okay. let's just step back from that. First of all, uh, at, at Tomorrow Today, we like to talk about X plus AI. Uh, a little, little bit nerdy, but what we mean by that, and I really do like the phrase, X being whoever you are or whatever your job is. We don't believe that artificial intelligence will replace your job. So whatever it is that you are, lawyer, doctor, engineer, actuary, if you're a professional, uh, mom, <laughs> uh, you know, AI is not going to replace you. I, I mean, I know you know that, Jude, but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if only, right? If, if only it could. <laughs> yeah. But, exactly. But what we are saying with X plus AI is that AI won't replace lawyers. AI won't replace mothers. But... Lawyers who use AI will replace lawyers who don't. And I think, well, I don't know, it won't, that won't translate to mothers, unfortunately. Uh, mm -hmm. I was going to say mothers who use AI will replace mothers who don't, but I don't <laughs> think so. The, the, you, I hope you get the concept. Yeah. In other words, you can do a better job, whatever your job is, if you are good at AI. So that's the first thing to just understand. There is no job in the world that won't be improved by having a little intelligent assistant. I, I think IA is, is a better label than AI, an, an intelligent assistant going along with you. So first of all, it's a good skill for everybody to learn. But now, it becomes a way of earning money. Let's not call it a job yet. It becomes a way of earning money when you realize there might be companies out there that will employ you for a couple of hours here or there to just do a little bit of work for them. They, they know that they want to use AI. They don't quite know how to use it. And so they'll go on to Upwork or Fiverr or one of these uh, gig work uh, websites, and they will look for somebody who can do a little bit of uh, improvement of their prompt engineering. 
So I think all of those are a given, but it's still worth starting there, that, that these are skills worth, worth teaching our children. And they are skills worth, if, if your children are 18, 19 into their 20s in university, it's worth them doing some online courses that, that will get the skill in and popping them on their CV. But I think we wanted to go a step further, uh, June, to say, is there actually like a full-time job? for somebody yeah. who's a who's a prompt in, in engineer. At the moment I don't think a company would put that out as a as a job spec specifically, but I think 3 4 years from now it it will be. Um and it might not use the label of prompt engineer because what you've actually got here is you've got somebody who understands how to use data how to interrogate a database, how to get value out of a database and, and turn a database into something that's useful. Um, whether that will be called a prompt engineer three or four years from now um, or, or something else, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I, I think it'll probably have other names. Mm. But the, the actual skill set that turns into a job is the ability of somebody to take data that exists inside an organization and then turn that into something useful that that provides an, an output. And, and that's really what I thought that, that we should talk about is what is that set of skills so that when that job appears in the marketplace, um, whatever it's called, uh, we will know that our kids have those, have those skills. And if they go on and do another job like lawyer, doctor, engineer, accountant, uh, they will discover that that skill set is a big chunk of the work that they need to do. That, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And what I will add, just from what I learned from you in, in your Futures Club, actually, was when you explained to um, your clients that at the moment, we use ChatGPT as an example. So you've got ChatGPT and it uses data from the internet pre-2021. But as you said yesterday, that there is going to be this API where ChatGPT can be put into your organization using your data. And that, I suppose, is some of where the the real magic will happen for organizations. And that maybe is where prompt engineering within an organization will kind of stick more. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. So just in case we've lost people all, already, uh, in, in technology speak, uh, when you are working with information, so whether this is a website, uh, you're going on to take a lot or Amazon to search for something that you're going to order uh, and get delivered to your house, the same thing is happening all the time. There's a database that, that uh, is a, think of it as a big Excel spreadsheet, for example, that's got all the information you're searching through. So if it's an online store, it's got all of the products that are being sold, it's got their descriptions, their prices, and so on. Uh, what you That's the data storage place. Then you've got to have an engine, if maybe think of this in, in terms of motor cars. Um, you've got an engine that actually does the work for you. Um, and so there's an, there's an engine which goes and looks for the data. So it takes your request, it then goes into the database, searches the database, and brings back the answer that you're looking for. Um, and so you've got this pile of information, 
then you've got an engine that actually works on that pile of information. And then you've got the front end, um, the user interface, whether it's the app or the website or whatever. And those are three completely separate things. And in fact, if, if you work in an app development company, you might actually specialize in one of those three things. You might specialize in the front end, the user design. You might specialize in building the engine. Um, and here we would typically use the word the algorithm. Um, and, and an algorithm or heuristic is just the, the logic process that it that it would use or you might even specialize in being the database management person because how the database is set up um, and what words are used very much determines what the engine can see which then obviously very much determines what people can search for and the results that they get and the companies that have been most successful in the last 10-20 years have been the cleverest at, at getting all three of those things working well. So that's Google in searching the internet. That's Amazon in searching their warehouses to find the thing you're looking for. Um, and it's not quite, it's not as easy as, it, uh, well, maybe you don't even think it's easy, but it, 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 it's quite complicated to get each of those things right, which means you might specialize. So there's the first answer to the question. If, if, if your child is interested in this sort of stuff, then Getting, pushing them in the direction of, are they the design person? That's more the art side of it. Are they the, the database management person? That's the very nerdy um, side of it where somebody's got to love statistics and maths and so on. Or are they the engine piece? And that's where they may be more of a coder um, in, in the middle. Um, and you can get your kids involved uh, in, in any of these things um, and see where their interest might lie. Um, on the front end, you might get them involved in designing something. So a little holiday project could be uh, to for them to literally draw uh, a little app for you, to imagine uh, an app that they that they might want. Um, so I know, Miles, you're one of your children is very interested in animals. So why don't you say to Miles, let's design an app um, just on, on pieces of paper where we can actually understand what the animals are saying. So we, we, we capture the noises the animal makes. We then try and document what that noise is related to. So is this noise a I'm a hungry noise? Or is this noise a I'm enjoying the sunshine noise? Or is this noise a I'm looking for somebody to play with noise? And so now what we're wanting to do is we want to capture that noise, learn what that noise is. And then at a later stage, once we've verified that we've understood the noise, we can then play the noise back to, to these animals um, and talk to them. So I think Miles might be interested in doing something like that. And now you've got to say to him, OK, what, what information do we need? in order to come up with that output. So what information would we need to gather? How would we need to gather that? Let's, let's draw uh, a picture of what the app would look like. What buttons do you need? You know, record sound, capture information related to what the animal does after it makes the sound. And then we got to capture that information. Depending on now whether uh, your child has got the science side of this, you could then open an Excel spreadsheet and show them how to create a column for which animal it was, what time of day it is, 
uh, here's a space to put the noise in. Uh, now we capture the, the result. Uh, they might even go so far as to actually start that database um, uh, for you in a Google Sheet or something like that. And then you say, right, now, if we wanted to search this database, what sort of things would we be asking the database? What type of animal is it? Uh, you know, what time of day was it? What actions are we looking for? And then if, if they're more artistic, you can actually design what the app might look like on a phone. You've built an app now. You haven't built the technology behind it. You haven't done the detail yet. But you've got your child thinking that mm. they can turn real-life situations into data, and then they can turn that data into information that can actually become interesting um, on, on the other side. So they've got an understanding now of, of what a database-driven world looks like. Um, it, is, is that a yeah. good example? Do you have, have, yeah. have I made sense to you in, in that example? So that's a great example. I think it, it's an example that might be quite overwhelming for your average mom and dad like me to go, where do I start with that? But... I love the thinking, um, and I think it's the thinking that we have to be teaching our kids. What I also read the other day was where a lot of people are failing with um, with AI is is believing that it can think rather than that it actually does. So we we're asking it to think, but that's us humans. We are still the think the thinkers, um, whereas AI. You, you can get it to do, do things for you. Um, and I think one of the skills for teaching our kids is the the way that they think, which is exactly that example that you've given us of the endless possibilities of what AI can help us with. It's almost like you have to really just imagine almost the impossible and, okay, well, we well, exactly. Speaking, like learning to speak with animals, that's the impossible, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe one day. Okay, so let, let's give an, an easier e example then. So um, you you thinking about what you want to eat for dinner. So you go to the fridge uh, and you you look in the fridge, you take out a whole lot of ingredients and you put them out on the counter. And then you say to your kids, uh, what do you think we could make with these ingredients? So you don't start with, we want to have cottage pie for dinner. You start with, here are, here are the ingredients. What do you think? What, what's the most interesting thing we could make for dinner tonight? Yeah. Now what you could do is you can take your kids to ChatGPT and literally type that in. So you can say, hey, ChatGPT, please help us to do a master chef this evening. Uh, these are the following ingredients we've got. Uh, the, the family comprises of this many people. We've got these allergy problems in the family. We, we don't like these sorts of foods. So you, again, you get your kids to speak to ChatGPT like it's a master chef uh, masterclass, and then ChatGPT will make a recommendation. And it'll be a pretty good one, by the way. Um, ChatGPT is pretty good at this sort of stuff. And it yeah. will give you the recipes, and it will tell you exactly what to do, and then you go on and make it. Now, that's just fun using ChatGPT in an interesting way. You're teaching your children. That's prompt engineering. You're teaching your children that ChatGPT is not there to answer your questions. We've already had something like that for 20 years. It's called Google. If you've just got a question and you need the answer, who's the president of Norway? Well, Google can answer your question. You don't need AI to help yeah. you. 
AI helps you to, to think. Now, here, Jude, this is important. AI doesn't think because it's not AI at the moment. 15 years from now, when somebody finds this podcast in, a, in an archive somewhere, they'll say, oh, we've got AI now. But, but back here in the 2020s, we don't have AI yet. But what we've got is a large language model, which basically can take your words, work out what type of words they are, go into its database, find the types of words you're looking for in response, and give it back to you. It's not thinking. But if you give it enough information, it, it, it looks like it, it's thinking in its response to you. That's what prompt engineering is. And so you give it enough information, it, it then tells you what recipe and, and, and what dinner to make. But now what you can do maybe during dinner or after dinner is you can say to your kids, how would we build a better interface for what we've just done? In other words, could, and I, for me, I think as I've interacted with today's young kids, asking them to, what would the app look like? Help me build an app here. Mm. Um, to say, would, wouldn't it be great if we had a cooking app like this, where you could mm. literally take a photograph of your fridge, it then takes the photograph, it recognizes the objects in the photograph. So it says, ah, oh, I see three tomatoes, one lettuce, half a cucumber, a tub of yogurt and all the rest. So there's, your kids are recognizing, ah, we're going to have to do image recognition. Then once we've got that list, what happens? Well, then you've got to, there's got to be a database somewhere. There's got to be a, a list of, of recipes somewhere. So they're understanding there's a concept of a database. Okay, well, help them think through what would the structure of that database look like? Um, you know, what... How would we organize that database? It's got to do with quantities and types yeah. of foods and, uh, and so on. And then there's a database of recipes that are linked to that. Um, and then think about the, what the user interface looks like. Um, and again, as I say, the smarter kids who are more coding-minded, they, they might enjoy imagining what the engine would look like um, and, and what the algorithm would look like. And so you've got these three things. What does the data, how does the data need to be organized? What, and that's just categories. That's just thinking in, 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 if we're putting this into an Excel spreadsheet, what are the columns? What are the rows? What's the engine look like? That's the hardest part of this. Um, and then what is the user interface? You know, get a piece of paper out, draw, draw the yeah. five different screens that an app would have. And you're just putting the seeds in. Of, of them beginning to look at the world and beginning to realize, oh, good grief, the world is filled with databases or potential databases. And, and the world is filled with the need to access those databases and extract that information in a way that's useful for other people. Um, now, what is that job? Well, there, some of those jobs already exist. They librarians. They are your, uh, in fact, they are your professionals. That's what a lawyer's doing. When you go to a lawyer and you say, "I've got a problem, please help me," the lawyer's literally a database sitting right in front of you. Um, uh, that's what a doctor is. You know, that's that's what a mechanic is fixing your car. You know, the mechanic's got a database of all the things that could be wrong with your car. Um, and, and so you now, but what you're doing is you're helping your child to realize there's an underlying skill here of seeing the world in a certain way. Pile of information, an engine that makes sense of it, and a front end 
that makes it accessible to everybody else. Where do you want to play? I think that um, so what's come to my mind now is that us parents have got looking back the hindsight of if we think about the very first computers that we started with, right? Well, I didn't even start with, I remember my mom had one and it had a black screen with orange dots on it and you used to have to type something to start it up and then there wasn't even a, there was a floppy disk. I mean, it was the size of an envelope that you would put into your machine and I think it was like 144 kilobytes of memory and it blew our minds what it could do and you could play Snake and it was, we loved it. And as much as, AI uh, is blowing our minds at the moment. I think we've we've got to realize that we're at the floppy disk and black and orange screens of mm. AI at the moment. But those parents who introduced their kids to their to those computers, whatever, forty years ago, surely that it had to have some advantage. And that's where I see it now is. Even if you're just showing your kids ChatGPT to help them with their homework or, as you say, prepare for supper, you're just giving them a way of thinking that will grow as ChatGPT, or not even ChatGPT, as AI grows, rather than dumping them into the deep end in two years' time or five years' time or 15 years' time. It's it's about opening their minds, right? And also rather embracing it than fearing it, which I know a lot of of parents and and teachers, let's say, are are doing now. So yeah, I, I think it's it's about just opening our minds and and embracing this technology, which in my opinion is certainly not going anywhere other than than up and um yeah. and, and I think I, I agree with you completely, Jude, but I'll go also one step further. And that is to say that what you can do is you can treat um, AI, let's call it that, you can treat this as a, as a magic box. Mm-hmm. So there's this little, it, it's one of those uh, magic eight balls. You know, I'm going yeah. to ask it a question, I'm going to shake it, and the answer is going to magically appear. And, and if that's all you want to do with it, that's fine. It, it, it's good for that, you know. Go and, go and get the answer, boom, done. Uh, but I just think that that is a very, what's inadequate way of helping your kids to prepare for the future world. Yes, you know, so maybe let's go to the car uh, analogy. I never enjoyed maintenance on my car. I, I remember my dad used to love it, and he would change the brake pads and the spark plugs and all the rest. And maybe I just was born just a little bit too late because I was born at just the time when car manufacturers were basically saying, please don't do that. Um, you know, yeah. and now I open the, the bonnet of my car and I look in and there's like a USB port. <laughs> and <laughs> I got to plug the, and, and if something goes wrong with my car, I don't even think about it. I take it to the garage and I say, my yeah. car is a little magic box. Please fix it for me. Um, and so, yeah, that might be a choice that you want to make where you just see computers and data and information as a little magic box and, and you've got the app and you ask it the question and it gives the answers and you're happy. And that's fine. It's a perfectly acceptable way to live in the 21st century. But what we're suggesting today in, in this episode is that there are jobs available for the people who want to do more than that, for the people who want to say, 
I don't want to just have this little magic box in my business. I, in fact, want to be inside the magic box. I want to build magic boxes. Um, and I think that companies are going to realize they have to have some of these people um, in their businesses. It's going to be professionals plus AI, X plus mm. AI, but it's also going to be AI specialists. Companies are going to realize that they need people who can manage a proper database. Um, and this is not an entry-level data entry person. This is like properly setting up proper databases. Um, and if, if, if the parents listening to this are in businesses, they'll know your CRM system, your customer relationship management system. Uh, it's only as good as the data that goes into it. It's only as good as the, the fields and the tags and the lists that you've set up in those. And where people are frustrated by their customer relationship management system, it's because they haven't set it up properly. And it's because they don't have somebody in the business who has the mindset of, I understand how databases work. I understand how queries work. That's the engine. So that I can ask the database questions and get real, you know, insightful answers out of it. And maybe they don't have somebody in the business who's, who's good at building a front end. Uh, for it. So these are the three skills businesses are going to need and increasingly businesses are going to be looking for those skills um, to, to bring them into the business. They're not going to want to just outsource them or buy an off-the-shelf app uh, to get it done. Um, they're going to want those skills in, in their business. So it's not for everybody, but you don't know if it's for your child or not unless you've actually tried it, unless you've actually exposed them to this kind of thinking um, and seeing whether this type of thinking matches their personality, their, their skill set, their, their interests. It won't be for everybody. Um, but if it is for them, uh, you won't regret starting them as soon as possible with this mindset. So here's my final question for you. Um, I have a funny feeling that if this was around... Uh, whatever 30 no 30 years ago and you were uh starting a career i have a funny feeling that this might have been a road that would have fascinated you and if you were a 17 year old young guy uh today what would you kind of tell yourself then to do like how would you get into you 17 what would you do? I'm, you know, you know what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. So I, I, I think certainly. I, I mean, when I when I was 13, I was I was learning BASIC, the very first DOS-based mm. language. Um, if I was 17 today, I would want to be learning a few languages, whatever the the, the right languages are, Python or whatever the the right languages. I would I would want to literally be creating apps at the yeah. moment in, in my spare time. I'd be, so I, I, that wouldn't be theoretical. I, I would say, actually, that recipe app is a really great idea. And I would, I would spend my school holiday building it. Yes, I am a certified nerd. I, I accept that. Um, but I would want to do that. But then at 17, I also did art to, to matric. And I would probably want to be developing some graphic design skills. So, you know, we often think of ChatGPT, but what about Midjourney and DAL-E and the prompt engineering to get really great graphics coming out of 
uh, out of those. And I, I would want to be building artwork that could be included uh, in apps and, and be really, really, that for me, instead of painting or drawing, I, I would be working on design uh, stuff. Uh, I'd be wanting to to learn uh, whether it's Final Cut Pro for videos or Photoshop for for graphics, I'd, I'd be wanting to develop my skill set uh, uh, in there. So a lot of this does come back to sort of quite basic computer skills. Um, but again, even if that doesn't become your actual career in the future, the the it, it, it's very simple, Jude. That it's if this, then that. That is the basis of all computer programming. Yep. If this happens, then that has to happen. If I want this to happen, then I need that to happen. And it's literally just a way of thinking. And you learn that way of thinking through the skills of designing uh, and programming. And so, yeah, give it a go. See if your kids are interested. Uh, frame it in these fun ways that we've suggested, where they they see something that they're interested in, and then you you build an app behind that. If they're interested in sport, uh, could they build a, I, I'm a cricket fan, could they build a cricket uh, statistics app? You know, what would that look like? If, if, if they're interested in movies, then get onto IMDB and say, how do we reverse engineer the IMDB app? You know, which matches every actor with every movie they've ever been in and all the episodes and gets ratings. Just get them to see that behind the world that they like, behind the things they like in the world, there's data, there's information that doesn't just make sense of the bits of the world they like, it, it organizes it, manages it, and allows them to get more out of it. But help them to try and see the data infrastructure behind that. And then work forwards to, well, if I'm going to be asking cleverer questions of the system, how does the system give me cleverer answers? And if you see a little bit of interest from, from your kids, push them in that direction. There's, there's going to be work for days, months, and years for anybody who's good at that part of the world. Yeah, I like that. I think it's a... I think it's a great opportunity for families as well to spend time together and explore and experiment and to learn from each other. Um, I think as parents, I don't know, for me, I'm still at that stage where if Miles loves tennis, I will get tennis lessons for him without thinking. But I still have to think about getting him a subscription to Mid Journey, which is just crazy, but that's where my mind my mind has to sort of unlearn, I suppose. And so it's about just exposing exposing our kids and ourselves to all of these new things, experimenting, learning, trying. Not everything's going to be for all of us, but it's about just exposing um, and, and, and learning, I suppose, um, and not overthinking it. I suppose that's where I might go wrong. It's just jump in, learn, experiment. We're not going to break... Chat GPT, we're not going to break mid-journey, just, you know, you're there to guide your kids. Um, it's, it's, it's a good resource. No, absolutely. And, and I think you're right, dude. I think a lot of people are overthinking this. Um, I think all you need to do is say, what are the things your kids are already interested in? And then just add this AI data technology layer on top of it. So my child's interested in sport. Fantastic. 
uh, how would a, an AI-driven database system help them with their sport? Um, it could help them with coaching tips. It could help them to keep up to date with sports scores from the various tournaments around the world. It could help them uh, in, in, a, in a hundred different ways. And all you're doing is you're taking something they're already interested in and having a conversation with them about what about the data that lies behind what you're doing. If, if I took videos of, of you serving a hundred different serves and then we got AI to analyze that and, and help you improve your service, you know, how interesting would that be? Yeah, and compared, to, compared says, to the top 10, compared to the top 10 exactly, uh, exactly. Serve, uh, people in tennis, you comparing yeah. and you're taking, yeah, amazing. So suddenly you're having a conversation and imagine my service is closest to, uh, you know, one of the, 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 the famous tennis players in the world. Now I get to watch that tennis player and watch them do serving a hundred times and improve my own serve that way. And suddenly they've realized, you know what, this thing called data, it's not just for the nerds. It's, it's for me. It'll improve my life. It'll help me do better the things I enjoy doing. It'll help me enjoy more uh, the things I uh, already appreciate. And maybe, just maybe, uh, your child will realize that learning about the mechanics of that world of data um, is actually something that they might enjoy as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we started with prompt engineering, but it really is. That's all, that's all we've talked about. Whatever the label is going to be in the future, a prompt engineer is somebody who understands what a database looks like and what value you can get from the data if you know how the engine works so that when you're working on the front end of the system, you know what to ask so that you can get the results you're looking for. Um, are there going to be jobs called prompt engineers? No, probably not. They're going to be called a thousand different things, but it's, it, it's the prompt it's engineering brilliant. skill that's going to be driving those jobs of the future. Brilliant. Thank you, Graham. Um, if you are a member of the Future Smart Parent Club, do pop over to our Facebook group where we will be discussing this in more detail, sharing ideas, sharing what conversations we're having with our families. So do pop in over there. Um, you're welcome to join our club. It is just $7 a month, and it's a great resource for parents who are intentionally parenting for the 21st uh, century. Thank you for your time today, Graham. As always, appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Jude.